0: Uh, you good? All right. Here we go. Speed. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Welcome back to the Mission Story Slam podcast, brought to you by PWP Video. I'm Michael Schweissheimer, the executive producer at PWP Video and Mission Story Slam. We started Mission Story Slam to share the stories of the organizations that we serve at PWP Video. Those include nonprofits, B corporations, triple bottom line companies, and sustainable organizations. People on a mission to make the world a better place. Twice a year, we gather at Yards Brewing in Philadelphia and pick the names of 10 storytellers out of a hat. And they compete for a $250 donation to their favorite nonprofit. The crowd also selects a favorite story for a $100 donation. We videotape those stories for sharing on social media and with friends and supporters. This podcast is about the story behind those stories. What motivates someone to tell a story in front of an audience? How did they choose the story they were going to tell? And what was the experience like? And we get to learn about the storytellers themselves. We held our fourth installment on September 11th with the theme Face Palm. And one of our storytellers at night is a great example of why we throw this event. Habitat for Humanity has long been one of my personal favorite nonprofits for the simple elegance of their solutions and their methods. People need affordable housing, so let's build and repair affordable homes. And that's my ridiculous oversimplification of what they do. For all my years of admiration, I'd never worked with Habitat until this spring when we created a series of videos for their Building Hope Luncheon, where they invite about a thousand of their closest friends for lunch. One of the things I learned in our filmmaking process was that an inspiring organization attracts inspiring people. And in Philadelphia, that starts at the top with Corinne O'Connell, the chief executive officer of Habitat for Humanity Philadelphia. As a great storyteller in her work, I told Corinne about Mission Story Slam, and she was really excited. And then nervous. And then excited. She's not the first storyteller to write or call me with a lot of questions, but she was the most thorough and very prepared. She came, she told, and she rocked it. And today I'm pleased to welcome her as our guest.
1: It's great to be here.
0: I really appreciate you taking yeah. the time to join us. It's awesome. And it's exciting to be your first podcast as a podcast fan.
1: I am, this is a dream. Yeah, I'm sitting on this end of the microphone and not listening on the other end. Yeah, it's very cool.
0: It, it's a lot of fun and it is also weird if you actually listen later, but still kind of fun. So listen, I, I really do think that you are a natural storyteller. Um, whenever I've been with you uh, it's not just interviewing you, but just in conversations, you you seem to always have a story on tap. Is that, is that like a family cha- trade? It seems like it is like genetic for you.
1: <laughs> you know, it's so funny that you say that. Um, I have a couple of friends who are like, no, 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 Corinne, you tell it. Right? <laughs> okay, right. And like there's, so maybe it is a family, family lore and legend of, um, yeah, kind of that storytelling and that passing down and what have you. Yeah,
0: is that something that that you grew up with? Like, do you have other family members where you know it's like you tell it, or are there stories that you hear cycling around your household?
1: I don't, you know, maybe it's even just like a birth order thing. I don't. I mean, okay. who knows? Not in overthinking it, but um, laughter's the best medicine, right? From and has kind of always been for me, and uh, that or like you know, just wacky stuff happens to me, <laughs> and they're like, really, and then you know, poof, this good story comes out of it. Yeah.
0: I think that wacky stuff happens to all of us, but not everyone is good at, mm. at so like, you know, you notice the wacky, but do you retain it? Do you yeah. remember it? Do you process yeah. it in that way where you're like, okay, that is weird, and that is so weird, I'm going to share it, Right. you know? Right. I like to do that too, um, but I think that's part of the, like, some of my favorite comedians, you talk about laughter being the best medicine, they like, they have, you know, it's like observations of stuff we all know what they're Correct, talking
1: about. Correct, but then can make it, yeah.
0: But they're just like... 10 degrees off mm-hmm. to the left, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. weird. I yep. hadn't thought about how damn weird that is that it happens every day. Yeah. So I really like the way that you did structure your story, um, the way that it had three parts but added up to a whole, um, and the way that you sort of served us that multi-course meal within your five minutes. Uh, I like how you started with sort of like an appetizer. Or it was it was even an amuse-bouche, really, <laughs> you know? Um, so I want to play that opening sure. for our listeners.
1: Good evening, everybody, I'm Corinne. Um, so I, um, back in the beginning of 2017, I put two post-it notes on my front door. And one said, um, what's possible? And the other said, be in awe. Just as a little like as I go out the door, right? So um, in late January, I had my seven-year-old niece and nephew over, boy and girl, and we're heading out the door, and um, they had burst, both just started to re- learning to read. They were six at the time, excuse me, and. Brendan like wrinkles up his nose and he goes, what's possible? He's like, Coco, what does that mean? So I was like, Brendan, what do you think that means? Like when we go out, what do you think? And he was wearing his Carson Wentz jersey and he turns around and he goes, Eagles will win the Super Bowl. And I was like, that's exactly, right? Like it was in 2017 and they turned around and won the Super Bowl, but I was like, that's what's possible, right? And so Beatrice not to be upstaged by Brendan is like, be in a we Right. The post-it note says be in all," And she goes, it was so she's like, be in a wee. So right. Adult me wants to jump in and correct her. And without missing a beat, she goes, "Oh, I get it. We're in a wee. There's three of us. Right. So I think this is pretty cool tonight. What's possible. And we're in a wee.
0: So I have to tell you that it's been like barely what barely a month. It's not mm-hmm. even a month since the story slam. And I have referenced being a wee a lot. That is awesome.
1: Isn't that amazing? Well, out, goes, of a, out of a six year old.
0: I don't know if it could happen. I think the rest of us would, would see awe. And I just, mm-hmm. I am in awe that the six year old can see a we. Mm-hmm. That's so and cool. And that
1: there was, you know, my instinct, right, was to quick correct. And like in that moment of getting ready to, you know, she went, oh, I got it. There's three of us. We're in a we. And made no big even, right? Like, just rolled right out the door with her twin brother in his Wentz jersey of what's possible. And it was me stuck there like, oh, my God. Yeah. Right? Like, what? That little kiddo doesn't even know what she just, yeah.
0: And what she gave, you know, yeah. not just you, but then now And my It's
1: funny, like, bringing it back around to, like, family lore and legend. But we now say that, you know, to one another of, like, we're good, in a wee. Yeah, it could be in a wee with you. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Does it end
0: up going, did you take it to work ever or no?
1: So I shared that story actually um, at our luncheon two years ago. And that was sort of that culminating, again, as you talk about, I mean, maybe that's how I do think about stories or how they come to me as sort of that layering. Mm -hmm. But I started in that space of what's possible and told the be and a we and then came back around when it, you know, to get ready to say, you know, show me the money (laughs) <laughs> Our theme that year was what's possible, right? What we okay. do at Habitat is impossible. And yet it's made possible through tenacity and belief and a thousand people who show up and give generously because they believe in making the impossible possible. And then I also, I just, I I think what resonates in that is that we're, well, I should just speak for me, but I think, you know, I crave that connection to people and that 1,000 people or 1,100 people come to our luncheon and they show up and there is that sense, even in that many people, I think we do a really good job of creating connection and people feeling part of this larger movement. So it is that sense of a we and being in awe of what we can do together. Yeah.
0: I will say what you pull off at that luncheon is impressive. Um, I, I have been with what I do to I many, would imagine a many gal, as I'm yeah. sure you have as well. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that's the largest one I've attended in Philadelphia.
1: It started, uh, Michael, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. We had 300 people. Which we, is still a lot. Which is still a lot. For the first, now, most of them were O'Connells or Monahans. They were all related. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like, get cousin so-and-so down here. Um, so that's been pretty wild to watch the you know growth of the community. And mm-hmm. it is a community of people who show up for the event. Yeah.
0: With yeah, uh, the work that you do, you are building community in so many levels, literally building community, but also building that community of supporters and friends and volunteers and funders.
1: Mm-hmm. In a we, yeah, in the communities where we work and volunteers and um, we often, you know, we abbreviated and talk Habitat, you know, it's like, oh, you know, even in emails, I, I, I seldomly write Habitat for Humanity, right? But that, there's real power in that, you know, second part of our name of humanity Oh, yeah. Um so that that we, I need to elevate that in my storytelling game of of the the humanness of what we do.
0: Do you do you have a in terms of your storytelling game do you have like a mental rolodex that you can flip through for little stories of inspiration or epiphany? That- I
1: mean yes and um I think because the connection and authentic connection is what motivates me. So or maybe it's because I have extra feelers, right? <laughs> like as an empath, but you know, I sort of seek them out, right, and create space to to connect. Uh, so, or at least try, right, to be, you know, to look at someone and to allow for, instead of just getting straight into the like, okay, what can you do for me? Of like, let's connect as a person. Tell me who you are and what have you. And so. And likewise about myself to try to be vulnerable in that space too, to share with people so that you can authentically connect. Um, so, yeah, I have a Rolodex of stuff. And then the ones I do love are the ones that as I'm walking away, you have that like, oh, my God, poof, you know, poof, there it is. Right. Um, well, yeah.
0: Let's listen. So you had offered us uh, a menu of, of facepalm moments for yourself. And let's listen to one of those. Um, it's the first facepalm moment that you shared.
1: I have three. Face palm, but I'd like to twist it a little, Dave, and in the face palm of the epiphany of the aha, of the like does the soul good, right? Of it's so obvious that we could have missed it, kind of like B, being like being a wee, right? And if I had rushed past it, I would have missed it. So I want to talk about pancakes, I want to talk about a bake sale, and I want to talk about the tooth fairy. One. Pancakes, so I work for Habitat for Humanity with this beautiful team of people here. Um, We sell homes to families who have never owned a home, probably the first person in their family to own a home. And uh, often at a dedication, the family, you know, they, they might be a little nervous, so I do a little like, you know, what are you excited for? Just a little chit chat. And so I said to this one mom, you know, what is it? What are you excited for? And before I could even, she just started in and she goes, you know, I start my days at about 4.30. I take a couple buses and subways in the L to get my kids to school in Old City, and then I reverse back across town to work in West Philly, and then back across town again for aftercare to get them. And she's like, when Saturdays roll around, I load the kids on the bus, and I gotta occupy my seven-year-old twins at the laundromat. And she said, what I'm most looking forward to is pajamas and pancakes on Saturday, because we have a washer and a dryer in our home. And that stopped me, right? And I even hear, like, just thinking about that, that's to me the, like, there it is, right? The really obvious right there. So pancakes, pajamas.
0: What I love about that story and the way that you set it up, starting with being a wee, is that you, you claim that it's so obvious, but it's not. Like, I know, I've certainly used laundromats in my life, um, I have never had to take a bus there nor amuse any twins. Mm-hmm. And I think you, you put us into that mother's life so quickly mm. and just dropped the meaning of home on us with pajamas and pancakes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I remember a few Saturdays when I was a child where we had pancakes while in our pajamas, but your story really drives home uh, what a gift and a
1: privilege those, mm. those memories are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can, I can see that mom... I can I can almost feel when she told me that, right? Um, and that's really her story. That's not my story to tell. Um, it's just my, you know, I get to re... Um, but as I was standing talking with her, she didn't lead off with, it's a washer and a dryer, nor do I think, you know, that she was trying to impart some wisdom or some... It just, you know, you could feel the relief in her of... A washer and a dryer, and what Saturday meant at home then—of no alarm clocks, and again, pan, you know, pancakes and pajamas at home because the laundry. That, I mean, I cannot imagine a couple buses with laundry and seven-year-old twins no. every Saturday. Um, Particularly, and with that's that coming from, commute, right? right, right, and that's coming from a gal. <laughs> Like when I go to do laundry, is when I know the pile that I'm just chucking down the basement steps, right? Like I can't get down the basement <laughs> steps anymore. I need to do laundry and I can do that at home and at all hours and on the weekend and what have you. So um, I think the power in storytelling is when you can make that human universal connection, right? Is something that, like, I don't know many people who would say, who would want to, you know, hang out at home on Saturday and just relax. Right. Everybody like that is something kind of we're all striving for is to create space in our lives, physical space and, you know, not so physical space of that. We can just be ourselves.
0: I think a lot of people might relate to being at home on Saturday and relaxing, but that it's that connecting it to having a washer and dryer. I mean, yes, we can rent apartments that have a washer and dryer, but like to be I don't know, just really defined home. Mm. for me in a different way
1: it's how it feels you know we we build a physical structure right and when you look at it in the schematics right it's two by fours and it's you know what type window and that's all very sort of clinical Mm -hmm. um and even the you know the home we build is beautiful and it's energy efficient but it's the people in the home and then it's you know that experience it's what happens within and this is going to sound so corny but you know even when we write, I, you know, I'm quick to say, like, change that from house to home. Right. We build homes like that. Yeah. That conveys a different sense of, you know, it's not as clinical as house. Yeah.
0: That's a big difference. Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you use stories to motivate people around you?
1: Yes you know I I have amazing colleagues and thankfully we all have different strengths right so I'm not going to be the person at the table who's going to talk numbers I'm not going to I can right I can talk return on investment and I can talk about the family served and I can talk about a 30 year you know where I come alive is in the is the storytelling is bringing that to life and bringing that to bear who the people are bringing people to life in the work that we do that's the that's the stuff that keeps me going and kind of brings me alive in the work too
0: You know, we talk a lot at PWP about we could just be making videos. We could be making, Mm. we could be selling aspirin. We could be, you know, doing corporate training videos. Right. But we talk a lot about the fact that we get to work with cool people at cool organizations that are doing really amazing things and having an impact. And we get to, we get to revel in that impact. So Mm. that motivates us to keep going. Yeah. Um, So I don't think that that's. I don't think that's corny. I think that remembering and stopping. and Mm,
1: Being present to it. Yeah.
0: Being in awe maybe. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Yeah. I think it's really fun.
1: You know, when I think about the luncheon. So every year I'm the person that has had the opportunity. And also like, oh my God. I've got, you know, every year. And I kid you not, you know, to make the ask. And I can be walking away from that stage and people come up and say, that was the best one. What are you going to do next year? And I'm like, we just, I just. It just finished. Can we not, you know? (laughs) Um, Right. But there's sort of like a, it sounds, there's, I have a little bit of a process and, you know, I, I used to freak out, you know, two months out, two weeks out. I'm like, I don't have it. I don't have it yet. And then like inevitably there's this little kernel that starts like sort of this little creative space. And I also know myself enough to be like, we've got to get through all the other logistics of what needs to happen and tables and sponsorships and all of that to allow my own creative space. To have
0: that space to be able to think about yeah, the story. Yeah, of what,
1: of what comes up. And even it's funny bringing it back to the, you know, mission story slam. Um, I didn't, I was nervous to do it uh, because it's a, You know it's one thing when you stand in front of a thousand people and i know where my people are in the room and and it i you know i think of and i make eye contact with and at the same time there's still some anonymity or more anonymity than there is in a room of 50 or 100 people right there's a real intimacy that is created in the space that you all put together it was more of the courage to get up to do it uh however i went for a run in the sunshine that afternoon okay
0: It was a lovely day.
1: It was a lovely after day. It was a hot, you know. um, But that's where I just sort of was like, okay, you know, what would I want to share and what's in, you know, and allow as opposed to, you know, putting 17 hours of thinking into it or what have you. And it just as I was running along, it just kind of started to layer together to me of like, yeah, these are some really good, you know, moments of uh aha, right? Yep. Palm to forehead. Yeah, it's like
0: there it is. There it is. How did I not see it? Yeah, or this is what helps me see it. Yeah, you brought you brought some habitat team members to the story slam, didn't you?
1: Did, yep.
0: Did what? What did they think of the event? By the way,
1: so I think that was another element for me of uh, a little out of my comfort zone, right? Because um, there were colleagues kind of all across the organization, and I don't know. I think sometimes I can be seen as the you know boss lady over in the corner working away. Um, And at the same time, it was really powerful to be with, there we go again, being (laughs) away, right? With our team. and to be so vulnerable, right, and to talk about it from a place of here's what's mo- here's what motivates me, and here's you know how I get humbled in the work that we do, um, as opposed to talking to donors because that's a different relationship that you have it's with a very people. Animal, right? yeah. you know, it's almost more of a performative when you're in a donor space, but with colleagues of, we're all in this together. Yeah. Well,
0: and then uh, what two? I think two of your colleagues ended up getting up and volunteering to tell stories. didn't Right. Which Amazing. Is cool.
1: Yeah, I, we have a really talented, smart, creative group of people. Um, and, you know, that's from the folks out in construction and repairs who, you know, can see something and turn it into something different. I am spatially challenged. You don't want me building anything. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Well, you, you let me and my team come and build, and that was a risk all of its, <laughs> unto its own. Still standing. Still the, the building I was working on, I
1: think it was standing when I left. Still is. Uh, those homes are cooking along. We should have the first one finished end of October. So Which, which set, is amazing. Just so
0: our audience knows, which set of homes is it that you're. So we have about?
1: 20 homes going right now uh, 23rd in Oxford. Um, the uh, development is called, we're calling it Oxford Green. Actually, the neighbors have come up with the name of it, which is wonderful. So oh, that's Oxford great. Green. Yeah. Uh, first home end of October, and about every three or four weeks after, we'll deliver another home. It's 20 in that uh, development, which is fantastic in a neighborhood that is really quickly you know, for the good, the bad, all of in between, uh, changing really quickly. Uh, so to have new homeowners be able to get in now while the market is strong. thats really um, great. And then repairing, we've repaired 60 homes right there and we'll continue to repair. And this is with families who've lived there and weathered, you know, 30, 40 years of disinvestment. Mm-hmm. So let's keep people in their homes uh, so that, you know, here's my, you know, Rising tide lifts all boats, but it only works if you got a boat. Got so a let's boat. keep people in their boats. Yeah. That's one of your. That's, that's it. not a whole story. That's a line but no, I've heard it No, but from like, before. it's such a good analogy, I think, or such a good soundbite when, when we talk about gentrification. Again, like talk about a way yeah. for people to get it. We could talk, I could go round and round and round of the goods and the bads and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that people get it when you say, you know, rising tide lifts all boats if, if you, you got can. a boat. Yeah. And the all thing, why that post-it note is on my door, I have to give credit. So there's a um, really radical Jesuit out in uh, L.A., Greg Boyle, uh, and he runs Homeboy Industries. So he works. It's the largest um, gang intervention. um, South L.A. Yeah. And I've read his books. Uh, They're fantastic. Talk about a good storyteller. But he says, you know. It is easier, and it is, to be in all of what people have to carry than it is to judge how they carry it. And I had just finished reading that book when I was like, Yep, be in all. Right? Very because cool. it is it is really cool, right? Like it's it's instinctual, I'm quick to judge and that doesn't that doesn't get us anywhere, right? But it's like, okay, if you can pull back or in and see, you know, what is it that people are carrying, myself included, and be in all of that as opposed to how we carry it. Yeah.
0: Well, I like that because I think all of us, I think it's a human.
1: Instinct, trait. right, to, yeah, judge. to judge. It's just we are, right? It's like fight or flight, right? Am I in the pack or out of the pack? Is this good? Is this bad? Like that's just how we're hardwired is to be judging where am I in this in this pack of humans. Yeah.
0: Well, I love the way that you grab these stories and notice these stories. Do you think you'll come back and tell another story at
1: this point? Yeah. Time? Yeah? Yep.
0: Cool. Yep. I will be nervous? back. I'll
1: bring, I can't promise that. Um, it was a good energy. You know, it was a really good. Well, um, you're clearly,
0: you're nervous before you do something. Yeah. Like this, so I get it. Yeah. yeah.
1: But. Um, no, I will be back. I. Um, the other is, I was amazed. So um, PWP, thank you for sharing on LinkedIn. Um, I've been shocked by the response. Oh, really? 1,700, 1,800 people have watched. Wow. Mm-hmm. The number of people who have written to me directly um, to say I'm so you know proud to be in a we with you. I've had pe- yeah like I'm like oh they saw the they saw That's the so story cool. slam yeah so um, even Habitat International picked it up and so pretty cool to think about the power of elevating the story which y'all created for me um, and created for Habitat Philadelphia and the families that we you know get to work alongside so. That part has been also pretty remarkable to think about that medium of, um, you know, giving space and giving voice to elevating, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that is a big part of the goal. The the sharing the stories, is like there's a lot of organizations that you know you talk about having to say no, and sometimes at PWP we have to say no, because an organization needs or wants a video and the numbers just aren't there aren't there yeah and
1: i get it unable to help Sometimes <laughs> payroll comes every two weeks i get it, it sure yep. does
0: yeah you know that feeling oh. um, and so one of the things in the design of this is that we can give people a chance to tell Great. the story record the story and share it out and hopefully increase yeah. that impact.
1: and the caliber of it um and the quality of it is phenomenal um so yeah you know dave um, had shared it on LinkedIn and um, Facebook. It just—I—I was—I've been blown away by the response. It's That's still awesome. going; like it's, it's people are still. Well, that makes yeah. me so happy. That's great. Yeah, so and I have to
0: say, LinkedIn
1: is not accomplished. I was expected. There you go. Ha-ha. Ah. Mission story slam accomplished. Woot!
0: Um, well, listen, I want to make sure that uh, we give people opportunities to hear more of your stories. So, where are uh, where are some places that our audience can? See you in action or learn more about Habitat for Humanity Philadelphia and Mm. come and come and see this in power.
1: So I will be at the next Mission Story Slam. Uh, God willing and the creek don't rise. Um, uh, Folks can reach out directly. All of our information is on HabitatPhiladelphia.org. I am right now doing a whole lot of site tours, inviting people out, doing, you know, to get people out, talk about, like, there's the power of telling the story and then there's the actual seeing, Yeah, you know come see, touch, feel, smell, what we're doing. Um, maybe not smell. <laughs> De- depends on, depends on which dust. house you're in. I mean, yeah. who knows? Sawdust, maybe that's your thing. Um, yeah, canned insulation? Yeah. You
0: know, that's not a good smell. No. Um, <laughs>
1: anyway. So there's so. that opportunity. Our luncheon is May 7th. Uh, so we will, again, you know, we're not talking facts and figures. we talk in stories at the luncheon. And I think that's the other little secret of our success is to, to, to share from the heart of what we're up to. Uh, so May 7th, so mark your calendars for that. And,
0: and people yeah. can come out um, ongoing to participate in Build Days, too, right? Yep.
1: So uh, all of our volunteer information, both for construction as well as at our restore, uh, again, on our website, HabitatPhiladelphia.org.
0: Excellent. Um, and so just, uh, just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a little small story about who is sitting in this room running Mm -hmm. this mixer right now. And I'm just kind of curious if you can tell just briefly like how small the world is.
1: Getting smaller by the second. Uh, And if you grew up here, it's even smaller, which is most of us. Um, So James is our sound technician, if that's the proper technical term there. I think it
0: works very well. Good.
1: Um, James' mom works with us at Habitat Philadelphia uh, Brenda she's fabulous she's on uh, the administrative team and she's been with us maybe six months and it, she was with us at the mission Story Slam uh, both to cheer me on but as well to wave over she didn't want to be too you know like that's my son you know she was <laughs> she was trying to be a little respectful of um, what he's up to but it's great. She's delightful. Brenda sits right outside of my office, or I sit right outside of her office. And um, she's been a wonderful addition to the team. And it's really cool to see, again, the full circle of James working with y'all at PWP. But that's Phil, I mean, like Philadelphia, I mean, it just, yeah, we're all connected. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows. Yep.
0: Corinne, I just want to thank you for telling such strong stories that remind me. Specifically, and so many people about the many ways that we're connected. Mm. And I am looking forward to you coming back to Mission Story Slam and bringing your team members with you. My
1: suggestion I put this on the form
0: yeah. all other duties as assigned. All other duties as assigned.
1: <laughs> people could get wild that with that go one. All over the place. All over. Yep.
0: So, yeah, I will look forward to seeing you at the next Story Slam and I will make sure that you are well posted on when that is. We'll give you good notice. In the meantime, We'll be bringing you more interviews with storytellers from Mission Story Slam. And we're planning that fifth Story Slam for, we're thinking it's going to be in April. We're thinking actually Earth Week.
1: You know where we could do it? What's that? At the Restore. Is there, will there be space at yeah. the Restore? We could totally do it at the Restore. It's Earth Week. I'm digging it. The old, No, no so, think about it. Can, anyway, can, I'm probably messing up your well, no, no, exit here. Uh, we could think i mean we could could do beer and wine can we bring in beer and wine yeah all
0: right
1: yes
0: (laughs) dave winsman take note you've been invited all right yeah because
1: i had seen you all were looking for a host so we could do that we get some easy catering yeah and then you know we could set it up so then like it's kind of laundry all right start Um, again
0: i'm going to start again (laughs) so i'm glad you plan to keep coming to mission story slam and telling stories and bringing the team with you. And we'll be bringing you more interviews with storytellers for Mission Story Slam in the coming months. Um, We're going to keep planning Mission Story Slam 5. We're early now, but we're leaning towards uh, Tuesday, April 21st, and that's the the day before the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. So please reach out to Dave Winston or myself if you or your organization would like to partner on that slam. And in other exciting news, um, we have a new offshoot of the slam. It's called Mission Story Salon. And that's based on the concept of a Jeffersonian dinner. So this will be a small group of about a dozen or so people. We'll have an intimate meal and a featured guest and a discussion that will be moderated by Ashley Tobin of Connecting Coffee. So the topic will come from the guests, but the conversation will then branch out and include everyone in attendance. And we're really excited that Jamie Gautier has agreed to be our guest for the first Mission Story Salon. And that's going to be on Wednesday evening, December 4th. So it's the day after Giving Tuesday. Intentionally, so our nonprofit friends can use this as a place to catch their breath. But for now, that's it for today's episode. Like all podcasts, we do really benefit from your reviews and from sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues you think would enjoy what we're doing at Mission Story Slang. And of course, please follow and share on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and apparently LinkedIn. As you heard, today's episode is being mixed by our intern extraordinary, James Robinson, the Mission Story Slam podcast is produced by Dave Winston and brought to you by PWP Video. We are video with a mission. Find us at pwpvideo.com. We'll be back with another episode in about a month. And until then, I'm Michael Schweisheimer, and I look forward to sharing the next story behind the story with you soon. That's what we do.